good day and welcome to the Cincy Slang and Bearcat Podcast. I'm Coomer, joined as always by Hummer. Hummer, what's up, buddy? I don't know, man. You tell me. All I hear is I got grumpy Coomer on the line tonight. That's all I'm hearing. You tell me. You know what? I'll start it off. It is a great day to be a Cincinnati Bearcats fan. But you tell me what's happening. Grumpy Coomer. <laughs> I told you. I told you guys in, in the Xavier Musketeers preview that when we lose that game, it affects me for multiple days. I feel worse today than I did yesterday because of how that game played out and because of what happened again. And, and now you've got Grumpy Coomer. So it, it's not my fault. It's the fault of of the Cincinnati Bearcats basketball team for, again, not beating them uh, on their home court, which I know is tough. I know it's a difficult matchup. I know there's a lot of reasons that that game wouldn't go in our favor. It doesn't change the fact that it affects me deeply, and I am now grumpy. Are you grumpy? Not just because, like, the res- like the, the actual score of the game, but, like, the actual, like, in between the start of the game and the end of the game and just how... Frankly, look, do I want to win a game? Yeah, but we weren't even competitive in this game. We were competitive for like the first five minutes or so of this game. Yeah, we got off to a start, and it was not a good start offensively, but defensively we were hanging in there, hanging tough. Guys were diving on the floor. I thought that the Bearcats looked pretty dialed in there early in the game, and then it just got off the rails pretty quickly after that, um, and the Bearcats found themselves down 15 at halftime. For those who have been living in a bubble, the Bearcats lost to the Xavier Musketeers 83-63 on Saturday. Um, This rivalry for a while now has not been going in our favor. And like 20 years, like you say a while, like 20 years, 30 years, like I don't know. I'm not going to I'm not going to go back and look at like the record over blank number of years. There's been a lot of things that play into that. Obviously, we've gone through now two coaching changes in the last three years, and I think that in itself makes it difficult, and that that's a built-in excuse for why we probably shouldn't be expecting to pull the upset on the road in a game like this. But at the same time, I also have that that baggage of losing games where UC was heavily favored and had the, the obviously better team in the matchup, yet Xavier still found way, ways to to beat us in those games. My grumpiness is not just the result of the game. It's not losing by 20. It's not having or, or, or simply not having an offensive plan of attack. It's called kids. It's called kids. It's what they do to you. This is not what kids do to you. Actually (laughs) kids, kids brighten my day. My, my daughter made me this beautiful Christmas themed wristband today, red and green. I love it. It's made, it's put me in a better mood. Frankly, this isn't kids. This is, (laughs) This is what um, consistent (laughs) losing to your crosstown rival does to you. And it's also what happens when I feel like we, we talk about this thing in the wrong way. Like we're, we're focusing on all the wrong things leading up to these games. What, what, what should we be focusing on in your mind? Like we should be focusing more on, on winning this matchup and winning this game than we should be. Like I'd much rather be able to talk shit about beating Xavier and what happened last year or what happened said year rather than, Hey, well, we've got a final four and you don't. Okay, cool. 
You know what I mean? Like that. What, that, what is that trash talk doing for me? It's doing nothing. It's hiding the fact that they've dominated the series recently and I'm over it. It sucks. It feels horrible. I'm tired of losing to them. I'm tired of the fact that they were able to blow us off the court. Like in a game like this, I was worried we were going to lose by 30. We ended up losing uh, by 20. This game was I trending toward I, a 30 point loss. I think I text you at some point that like, uh, if we're down by 20 and a half, I'm going to turn this off. And then at some point I actually did relegate this game to the secondary screen in my living room, which was my iPad. I, f- I feel your pain. I am f-ing tired of losing to Xavier. I'm sick of it. I cannot stand it anymore. And what I'm not willing to do is f-ing cower away from it. Right. We demand better. I'm not going to say cancel the series because that is the dumbest shit I have ever heard in my life. Just go out there and beat them. Every year Xavier comes out. Look, and I don't give a, I don't care about this narrative anymore of like, oh, this is their Super Bowl. Great. It should be ours too at this point. We've lost to them for 20 fucking years. Easy. Look, you've gotten so comfortable. You've gotten so comfortable with the F bombs. This podcast has historically been been family friendly. You can turn it on right now with your kids. Not right now. I am angry and I'm fired up. You're on a three game streak here, buddy. You're on a three game streak. I'm fired up. I'm angry. And the the worst part about it is it's like you hit it on the, the nail on the head. We hide behind the history, which it is great. They have none. But what they do have is 20 years of, of whooping our tails up and down the court. And for all the excuses and all this stuff, I'm like, look, I'm saying, I'm not going to say let's cancel this series. Look, let's, let's be real. We get something by winning this game. We get a quad one win in terms of the, the net rankings on a home, on an away court. You know what we get by losing this game? Nothing except damage to our pride. And that is where it hurts. You're hurting my pride, man. You're hurting my pride. I want to win this game. I'm sick and tired of losing it. Yeah, we so, should. We, we should care about it. It's it's not, again, that whole talking point of it's their Super Bowl, it doesn't matter to us, this and that. All of that is a is a cocoon of protecting ourselves. We're building up this defense mechanism of, well, we have Final Fours and we're the better university and, and we have the better program overall and more history and we care less about this game. All those th- things, by the way, are true. It is a better university. You should want to attend the University of Cincinnati before you would go to Xavier. You should. Uh, we do have Final Fours. We do have much more of a prestigious basketball history than they do. All those things are true, but it doesn't change the fact of what's actually happening on the court in recent times. And that's the fact that they are winning the matchup. And they're leaving, the, leaving these games with victories. And I'd like to see our program find a way to start cranking out more victories in this rivalry. Because here we are now. I'm, I've got it pulled up. And, and Xavier's now won three consecutive games. And as you speak, I will kind of put together what it looks like dating back to. I'm just going to run through it, actually. We're just going to run through the matchup. Don't, you, don't, you don't need to run through the history. We all know the history as UC fans. Here, here's the long and skinny of it, right? These Xavier teams seem to just relish this opportunity they relish this game and they come out with an energy that they're ready to play whether it's at their court or at ours they're ready to play and we always come out for the most part looking scared 
that no one comes prepared, ready to play. They'll get 31 dropped on us by a guy named Nunj. Nunji looked good. Nunji looked he looked Nunji. like we made him look like he was NBA ready tomorrow. <laughs> Nunji played like we dream Victor Locken will play. Nunji was God. like, hey, He's this is what we think Victor Locken player. will do. He added probably three points to his 21-22 season point average in one game by scoring 31 points against us. What the hell happened? But we don't get that from guys. And I saw this, and this is something that angered me on Twitter. John Newman III, people were saying, oh, he's not bringing He was the only one, not the only, sorry, not the only. I'm not going to disparage the entire, but John Newman brought energy to the game last night. He was the only one who actually brought stats. He's the only one who shot well. He was one getting some, he was grabbing some boards. He was, re, he was bringing energy, bringing fire. I love John Newman yesterday. That is the John Newman you want to see. Yeah, is he the leader of the team? Is he going to be the one scoring the most? No. That's not his role. The guys whose role that was didn't show up yesterday. David and Julia showed up yesterday too. But the guy who hasn't been showing up, Jeremiah Davenport is, he, he was half there, half there. Well, I sometimes like what you're talking Sorry, about getting, is getting, it's something that's unquantifiable. Like we, I feel like the team was mentally in the right space heading into the game. We just talked about the fact that they opened the game competitive, diving on the floor, executing defensively early on. Things looked fine. Like, let's not just about effort. Like, sometimes it's also about why aren't we playing better against Xavier? Or why is our strategy not as good? Why is Nunji going off for 31 points? Where are our adjustments? Why aren't we out rebounding them? Like, all there are actually basketball things that play into this as well. And I love making fun of Travis Steele. And I love the fact that they haven't been to the tournament since 2018. Like, all those things make me happy. And I like pointing at them and laughing. But in this matchup, they see John, John play- Brandon has more more tournaments than Travis Steele, right? John Brandon never technically made a tournament, but Damn. but we were in better position that first year than he was. Why did I even um, say his name? It sounds dirty. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of it, you know you're you're der- derailing the train, but that's okay. I I'd say this is not we should not be as consistently out executed as we are against Xavier, and and we got taking taking the task yesterday or not yesterday but on saturday and i just think i'm well, tired yesterday. of it. it it feels it feels bad it's uh we should care about this game and you know you were alluding to this this idea that the series would be canceled and that nobody's getting anything out of it hummer that's no. a, it's it's a bit of a straw man though like it's to me that's a comment by maybe one person maybe two i don't think there's many people actually advocating to have the series canceled, but I will say if this. You are one, if you're one of those people who said that, stop listening to our podcast. I don't want you as a fan. Oh, stop. <laughs> no, if you if don't you're actually one do say that, that no, go away. Like, honestly, honestly, stop being a Bearcat no. fan. If you think that this, this is the best rivalry in college basketball, one of them, granted lopsided at this point, but do you think Michigan fans go up and say, you know what, let's just stop playing Ohio State because they whoop our ass every year. No, play the game. Play right. the game. You should obviously continue playing the matchup because we are legitimate rivals. They are crosstown rivals. They are two top-notch basketball programs that are right across town from one another. Both seeing these teams in the top 25 on any given season is not surprising. And when you are located about three miles away from one another, it makes a hell of a lot of sense to play the game. 
And in terms of whether the game matters or not, in term, it doesn't impact either team's ability to make the tournament any given year. That's not how college basketball works. But there is such a thing as just playing the game for pure competition, for the sport of it, for wanting to own the rights to the city of Cincinnati for that given year. And for now, three consecutive years, we don't have the rights there. Um, so it, it, it would be nice to get back there. But here's why the game ultimately matters, right? We're too, at this point, we have to recognize what Xavier is. They're a good basketball school in a good conference located in the same city as the University of Cincinnati. It brings eyeballs and attention to the city of Cincinnati. Why it sucks is because when all these eyeballs are on the city of Cincinnati, the University of Cincinnati is, is, is pottying in their pants since I'm not allowed saying it. Comer has cut, officially cut me off from curse words. Well, you dropped three in one we're, episode. It's a bit, you, you, you can tell you're pottying, out of control. You're raging out of control. We are pottying in our pants. And it's just, look, at the end of the day, we're just upset. And then I, I, I looked at the effort of the team, and it's not like you did bring up a good point. It didn't look like the effort necessarily wasn't there, but we lost at times on offense. Like, I don't think I have a single good thing to say on offense, except maybe for the last five minutes when we were crushing the ball in tempo and just keeping keeping the pace going up. And we seemed to start because I, I was joking, we may not score 50. And all of a sudden, between that and, and that comment, and five minutes later, we've scored 13 points. But then defense was also non-existent. At the beginning of the second half, defense showed up again. We went both teams went five minutes out scoring. We were getting stops, but once again, we weren't scoring. We could have cut the lead. We had opportunities, but we didn't do it. And I saw Jeremiah Davenport do this thing where he's driving into the into the lane and not trying to finish and just going for the foul. Almost like the, I don't know, it was just awful looking. It was disgusting. And I saw I saw a dude do a couple times where he gets the ball underneath the hoop and like this dude just put it up. But instead, he looked for the outlet out to the top of the key. He's like, you're open. I saw Aguama do the same thing, just looking lost. It's almost like we got buried in the panic of the ruckus away crowd. The Not the ruckus. That's our crowd. We, the, the ruckus. The ruckus away crowd. Yes. Um, there's, there's some truth to that. I mean, Jeremiah Davenport didn't play very well in this game at all. And he struggled so far this season. And I'm not trying to just call him out. I'm not trying to just call him. I get it. I get it. I get it. It, He's struggling to find the balance between attacking, scoring, being the, being the best shooter on the team and, and how to sort of play within that system and let the ball move. This, the offense doesn't have a plan of attack right now. You couldn't watch that Xavier game and say the Bearcats had, had a, an obvious plan of attack and realize this is us playing a basketball game after last playing on Sunday. So they had five days, five full days to put together a game plan to attack a, a good, strong Xavier defense. And they came out and had nothing. And it was, it just, it wasn't a great look for West Miller. West Miller took, took a lot of the blame himself afterward in, in post game comments, but you know, it's, it's all fine and dandy to say that, but now we just need to see it on the court. Like I want to see the team, start making steps forward in terms of how they're playing. What are you changing as a coach to see things move in the right direction? Are you changing lineups? Are you changing combinations? Are you changing starting lineups? Are you changing the, the, the plan of attack here? There, that's the kind of thing we need to see from West Miller so that this team, so that he can pull more out of them. Cause right now I, I get it. It's his first year as head coach. There's a ton of new faces. 
These guys haven't played together before. All of those things are true. It doesn't mean that we don't have expectations. It doesn't mean that he can't maximize what is on this roster. Cause I would say a 20 point loss to Xavier that could have been easily been 30, a loss to Monmouth. That's not maximizing the roster. We should have been more competitive in that game. We have enough good players on this team to hold Xavier below 83 points. We don't need to give up 42 in the first half and 41 in the second half. We don't need to give up a layup line at like, just like we did last season under John Brandon, like it should have been better. And he knows that and he was aware of it and he's owning it, but we do need to see some progression and some improvement on the court. Um, and I, I think that starts with seeing legitimate changes in terms of how they're executing offensively and maybe the lineups you're putting out there. Cause right now there's, it's too often we have combinations of lineups where there's just zero scoring threat. There's too little scoring threat. Well, I think the first, I got two comments after hearing what you just said. The first one I think is obvious. And I think no one here is going to disagree with this, that Micah Adams Woods needs to be coming off the bench. Who starts for him? This could be a point of contention here, but I think Mike Saunders Jr. needs to get the nod. That's just me. I think we need to go faster tempo right from the beginning of the game, and we need to constantly be pushing the speed at which we're moving. We need to get other defenses feeling the pressure more often and, and having two guys who can drive, drive into the lane at any given time into Julius and, and uh, Micah Adams. That's first off. But my second comment is I remember during um, – it may be the press conference or the press conference season, the early season buzz were going to get started – and Wes Miller's talking about his, and if we can go find a quote, that'd be great, but I'm going to paraphrase, but he's talking about, you know, we're going to play defense, strong defense. We're going to have that. And we're going to let the kind of let the offense do its thing. If you would let the offense, you know, <laughs> that's right. Style. It's right? a bit vague. It's been a bit vague th- since he got hired. Like there's, he, he's not, he's known much more as a defensive coach. We knew that coming in. That's his bread and butter. I'm happy about it. I love playing defensive basketball, but so you offensively agree. You've heard this too, you've yeah. heard, you've heard, what I'm seeing right now is the offense is playing pretty vague. I would, I would say that's fair. <laughs> it's, it's not clear what we're trying to execute offensively so far. Um, and, and in terms of Micah Adams Woods versus Mike Saunders Jr., valid conversation. Um, there Micah are Adams things. Woods, I'm not, not willing. Getting, he's not getting the job done. He's not nah, getting the job Micah, done. Here's the thing, though. Micah Adams Woods is the easiest target because the shooting numbers are awful right now. And he had shooting, the most minutes. He had the most minutes of every, any player on the team this game. Okay. Shooting numbers are obvious. I get it. He's not shooting well, but he does a hell of a lot of things really well on the court outside of shooting. He took 11 shots. He made two of them. He has, he doesn't turn the and ball. It's, it's, I'm just telling you, do you want to hear the facts as to why coaches like him? Do you want to hear the facts of what he actually does well on the court? No, I don't want to hear. Yes. I want to hear the facts because okay. he doesn't turn the ball over and there's other guards on the team who do. He has a great assist to turnover ratio. He tends to be strong at the ball and he's a very good, good defender. So there are things he's actually doing well in the court. His shot has completely fallen off the map. He cannot hit a shot right now. You, you made a comment about what Terry Nelson said on the radio. Two for 11, three for four. Anomaly. One for 12, five for 12, two for eight, two for 11, three for nine, two for five. Actually, four for 10 is good, so I can't argue with that. Well, One for it, four. I mean, there, it comes down to combinations, just, though, Hummer. Like, stop shooting as much. Be a guy who creates. Oh, I would say this. It's exacerbated. Micah Adams Woods shooting is exacerbated when you're playing him in a lineup that also features Abdullah Doe. I'm sorry, Abdullah Doe 
and John Newman the third. That's three of the five guys on the court who are not a shooting threat. And Jeremiah Davenport is. David DeJulius is a shooting threat, but it's all off the dribble. He does not. He's all off the dribble at this point. Which I'm, a, which I'm actually okay with because we do need a guy who can create all his own shot off the dribble. We need one of those guys. Yeah, but it team. needs to not be all our offenses because to me, the offense that against Xavier, offense. the offense was David DeJulius ISO for a, for a mid-range pull-up or a post-up to Victor Lockin, which is a great play, by the way. Victor Lockin, if you want to talk about something offensively that went well, Victor Lockin's ability to score in the post went well. Needs more than 16 minutes a game. <laughs> Correct. So those are the kind of things that, that, that Wes Miller and his staff have to start kicking around. You have to start kicking around the idea. Is he healthy? Is he healthy? Like, I don't say I'm not questioning his health, but like, is he robust enough? Is he durable enough to play more than 16 a game? We don't know the answer to that. I would assume that he is. If he's not, that's, that's an issue. Um, okay, fair. I would assume right now, Wes Miller approaches our big man rotation as if all bigs are created equal. Everyone's playing the same number of minutes. Lock in, Adu, you know, Oguama actually has been playing less and then Koval. Given where we are offensively, it feels appropriate to give Victor Lockin more action. It feels appropriate to figure out not how, not just he's to run through the, the offense. Talented. He's counted and he views himself as a leader. You can tell by the way he acts on the court that he views himself as a leader of this team. I don't know that he, he views himself as the leader. I think he has. I feel like I get it. It's, it's his, because I don't know. I don't know what he's like saying, speaking, but his body language, the way he, he takes success and failure on his shoulders. To me, he looks like he's a leader on, on the court. Yeah, I think he's a, I think he has extremely good energy every single game. The hustle's never in doubt. He sometimes turns the ball over because he's trying to do too much. He sometimes, um, you know, he's, too, he's probably he's, out of position he's, defensively he's at times. <laughs> I would just say, you know, that, that based on where we're at offensively and how much we struggle to score, it, it makes sense in my mind to find a way to get him on the court more. I would understand, and I have understood, that playing a do and and kind of featuring defense first lineups makes sense for this team. It still will throughout the season. Everything starts and ends with defense on this team, and we played horrible defense against Xavier. So maybe it's an aberration because all in all, we were one of the best in the country at at holding opponents to low shooting percentages. I just think there still needs to be a little bit more of an emphasis on where how do we unlock our scoring drugs. How do we, what combinations are we putting together? Who are, what are we doing in terms of rotations, in terms of strategy? What are we doing to get easier looks? What are we doing to get more consistent looks? And what are we doing to find ways to put the ball in the basket? Because we can't just go on scoring 61 points a game or whatever it is and, and expect to actually win 20 games this season. And I still think that's attainable based on the defense, the defensive potential and what the schedule looks like. We can still rack up a lot of wins this season. Look, I, I definitely think we can. This game is not a, this game is not the, just like, I hate to say this because I was the one who said this, but whatever. Uh, just like Illinois is not the microcosm for the rest of the season. This game is not the microcosm for this season. You're going to have games where you play great against great teams. You're going to have games where you play crap against great teams. Uh, I feel like this game in particular we let like Xavier look defense was non-existent. It does, like yeah for five five minute stretches in both in the first half of in the beginning of both halves yeah it was there after that Xavier did what they wanted not gonna I'm not gonna beat that drum. On well offense, at, at the end of the day the numbers don't lie we gave up 46 percent shooting 
Right. We, that's what I'm we saying. We got I'm not, destroyed I'm not, on the on rebounds. I'm not going to beat the drum. Right. We know it was a bad defensive effort. Not going to beat the drum anymore. On offense, all I saw was, and I texted you to this, which is more fun to watch, Mick Cronin <laughs> offense doing nothing or this offense throwing it around New York doing nothing. He said they're both the same. They're both the same. We're not getting penetration unless it's David the Julius driving to the hoop. We're not getting the ball meaningfully into the into the into the lane unless it's the Victor Lock. And we're not finding ways to get our bigs open down low for good looks. We're not finding like Xavier was killing me. This was a play that was killing me all all game. The back door, especially late in the game, they were getting back door cuts wide open to the hoop, and we weren't getting that. And we're not getting it. And we need to find ways to do that. And it's that's. I mean, that's the, it is what it is. This was not a good game. If you want to see probably one of the worst games of the season for the Bearcats, this so far has been it. There was nothing good that we did. We got beaten every facet of the game, except we may have had more players actually on the court for minutes because we had a player on the court for a technical foul while shooting free throws. Other than that, we lost every statistical category in this game. Garbage. Yeah, it wasn't great. and and. Sorry, I'm being to, facetious there. If you find one that was better, whatever. To but, put a bow on it, though, to put a bow on it, you're right. We should never evaluate the team on its best day or its worst day. This was its worst day. It's not always going to be this bad. They will get better. Uh, they will have better results because the defense, I expect to continue to be the strength of the team. I do think it's going to end up being one of the, the top three defensive teams in, the, in our conference, in the American conference. And I think it's going to end up being top 30 to top 40 nationally. So I think the defense is going to be something to hang our hat on. It's going to win us a lot of games. We need to see a plan of attack offensively. The defense system has to get better, man. Defense just has to get better. The last few games, it hasn't been as rock steady as we saw in the first. This five. is the, this is the first time. Like it's really, really been off and lost us the game. I would say the defense was, was not up to stuff in this game. It's not been the main problem of this team. Offenses. There's not a system right now that's creating open looks. And as we've talked about before on this podcast, there's not a lot of guys on this team whose strength it is to create for others. Every, a lot of the guys on this team have redundant skill sets. And in that's kind of what we are missing. We're the best. We're guys who are good at creating their own shot. And it's not an efficient shot usually, but they're not as good at creating shots for other players. And when you look at Abdullah Du, Odio Guama, uh, Hayden Koval, Mason Madsen, all of those guys are players who need someone else to create a shot for them. And so if you don't have a system that creates shots, those guys don't are not going to be very productive for you offensively. If you don't have players who are creating shots for them, they're not going to be as productive offensively. And so right now, too much of our offense is reliant on David DeJulius shooting jumpers that just long-term over the course of a season are not reliable. It's not reliable for David Julius to be going one-on-one and shooting step back 20 footers as a, as a method of offense. That's not going to work. Do you know what is reliable though? Apparently maybe a little facetiousness here. Mike Saunders jr. Is shooting over 50% from behind the arc this season. He went two of three this game. He went two of five from field goal, but he had five assists. He led the team in assists. That is where I think Saunders, this is where I see the the need to replace him with Mike Adams-Woods in the starting lineup. 
but he if he's going to do that, he needs to embrace that role of like I'm the speedster who can penetrate the lane and use that to create for others. That, but yeah, I mean by by extension, that means he needs to start finishing some of those drives into the into the lane a little more often. But if he does that, he could put that together. That could be a dangerous combination going forward. I agree. Mike Saunders Jr. is earning he's earning his minutes. He's played really, really well this season. I would, you know, I, we'll see. We'll, I think there's going to be changes. I think you're going to start seeing rotations maybe tighten up, certain guys getting more minutes. But right now it's been heavy on, like, you're right, Micah Adams-Woods plays, I think, the most minutes per game on this team. And I think Because I think there are a lot of things that, that coaches like that he does well. He defends well. He doesn't well, turn the ball. He's he reliable, ball and he doesn't turn the ball over. All those things, they're valuable. But, man, his shooting, he made shots his freshman year. He was someone who could knock down a corner three. But from the wing, from the elbow, from the – Top of the key, he has struggled mightily this season. So hopefully, maybe he'll be better. I hope, I hope my man can turn it around. I really like Mike Adams Woods. I'm a huge fan of him. I see, I see the reason he's on the court. I trust him, but so far this year, it's been very rough. Look, just because we're saying don't start him doesn't mean we're saying don't play him. We're not saying don't give him minutes, right? That's not what we're saying. He's still a good player. He still has value to the team. We're not saying bench him and and set him off to obscurity. We're saying look we want to put the best five guys out there and have good guys coming off the bench right now. I think Mike Adams would might be a better option off the bench. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying necessarily bench Mike Adams woods. That's you. That's your take. I'm, that, that's my take. That is my take. It's a fine. It's it's fair. I get why you're saying it. I also think like it helps. I to also, have some I also think, I also think, uh, I also think a do may not, may not be uh, earning his spot in the starting lineup either. I that's the position where I think you can make a change. I think and, that it might make sense. I don't know. Sense. Is Lockin better off the bench or is he better as a starter? Or you, you can't put, at, here's the thing, Armour. You can't put all of your best players in the starting. Right. I guess, that's why that's why I'm, I'm, I'm asking you. It's not just about the starting lineup. And that's why I'm not going to obsess over. Does Micah Adams Woods need to come off the bench? Does he need to start? Should the minute split between Micah Adams Woods be 30, 20? I would say probably not. Like if those guys are sharing minutes, it should be closer to even. Or based on results this season, Mike Saunders Jr. would seem to be earning a heavier share of that minute load. So if we're not, I don't know if I'm thinking about it as starting, benching, whatever. It's minutes distribution. Mike Saunders Jr. should be a heavier part of the lineup. Victor Lockin should be a heavier part of the lineup. We should see them getting more minutes and more, just more focus because of what they can do offensively. Mike Saunders Jr.'s pace is special. It helps. It creates more transition opportunities. He draws fouls. Victor Lockin is a load down low. And if we could figure out how to get in the ball down there consistently, he shows he could be a scoring option. And I think he could develop into also a facilitator down there. But we need more, more time in the lineup for that to happen. Well, all we know is there's a, there's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot that the coaching staff has to think about, decisions to be made. At the end of the day, I still hate Xavier, but I love my Bearcats, and that's never going to stop. I don't know about you. Are we done unpacking this game? Are we, are we ready to get on to Megapod? <laughs> We're done unpacking this game. It is time to, to make Sam Elliott's dreams come true and record this Megapod episode because it does sound – he's put a hell of a lot of work into this. We are officially going to be previewing every single bowl game for the 2021-22 season. And it's going to be epic. 
I, I can personally say I am not prepared for this. I, I don't think there is a way to truly be prepared for it, but we are going to talk our way through every single bowl game this season, whether it's on this episode or the next episode uh, is TBD. It might be its own thing. Mega Pie might get, get its own, its own uh, episode link. All right. If it does get to its own episode link, I would be heartbroken, remiss, super sad if we did not mention the partnership that Cincy Slangen has entered with 513 Shirts. That's 513shirts.com. If you go on there, we have some super sweet merchandise. We got a great day to be a want to avoid insulting University of Cincinnati and stealing other trademarks, but our Bearcat logo, keep it our Bearcat logo on a little beanie, a little hat. But here's what's special because we are a podcast for the fans, by the fans. Right now, any sales or like any revenue that that this brings in, we we get paid royalties. I'm gonna I'm not gonna be I'm gonna be uh, forthright here. We get some royalties off this, and we're gonna take half those royalties from the sales from from uh, like three days ago since we recorded this, or two days yesterday, one day ago, Saturday when we when we launched this, up until, you know what? And I'm gonna extend this because if the Bearcats when we beat Bama, we're gonna extend it all the way through the national championship. Um. Half the road is going to go towards UCATS donations. We're going to donate to the UCATS because we're, we're, for, we're for the university. That's what we want to do. But go on there. Get yourself some, some sweet, sweet merch. And if you don't, just listen to the pod. Enjoy it. Just enjoy it. All right? It's a fun ride. We enjoy I think you. Thank I, you, guys. Mike did a great job with the design. We went to him and said, hey, Mike, we want to send a thank you out to some of the folks who, who prioritize this podcast and listen to this podcast. We want to we want to send a thank you to people who have contributed to our podcast, to our website. By the way, go to the website, cincyslangin.com. There's new posts from Sam Elliott, from Ashley Pierce, Chris Baines, Zach Coomer. Everyone's contributed. We, we've got people contributing. Except me. I'm, I'm just I'm just the voice talent. Well, and if you fancy yourself a blogger or someone who has a, a concept that you want to try and write and need a platform to share it, we are not opposed to you sending us your writings, your musings, your your thoughts on what's happening. If you think that, that you've got some game and want to share it, I'd love to read it and and, and consider putting it up on the website. So we're, we're always looking for people who are interested in contributing and, and kind of have a voice but are looking for a platform. Reach out to us if you're interested in that type of thing. Um, but Mike, Mike Galati crushed the design. T-shirt looks fantastic. The hat, if, you, if you're looking for me in Dallas, if you're going to be in Dallas, you can find me by by looking for the guys wearing that hat. I cannot wait to rock that uh, throughout the streets of Dallas. Looking forward to it. But it's a it's an easy, fun way to support the podcast and support the things we're doing. Is is going to five one three shirts dot com, buying yourself support, a t shirt, and, and you're supporting the university, and you're supporting the university as well. Um, but yeah, should get yourself a hat, get yourself a shirt, uh, or or get a family member that's the same thing that you know listens to this podcast because. Uh, Christmas is coming up, folks. There are reasons to be buying gifts right now. And I have a feeling we're about to, whether it's attached to this one or the next one, I think we're about to record like a two to three hour Megapod. I expect the Megapod to go on so long, I may not even make it to the playoff. I think that (laughs) I may let you and Sam just continue into the abyss and I'll go downstairs and go to bed. But (laughs) 
I'll tell you now, uh, remember that podcast is gonna go on its own. This episode, I think, itself was about 30 minutes, so we're good to go. But let's let's leave it there. We're rambling. I'm letting it, I'm letting it be. Get ready um, for next week uh, or later this week. Megapod. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. <laughs>